we're, we're going to get into all the games. We've got the two games on Saturday. We've got the three games on Sunday. We will come back on Monday night, apparently, as long as none of us are grounded. Uh, if we're talking about the NFL too much, uh, to look at the Cardinals against the Rams. Are we ready to look at these games? Yeah? Let's go for it. Let's go. Uh, as as Brian's jacket says there, NY New Year. I think that's what it means. Uh, happy New happy Year. Days. Happy New Year. Uh, and let's get straight into it, Colin. We do, have a, we do have a comment, and thank you to everybody who's commented. Over 2,000 people have watched this live already, so we'll try and get to your comments ASAP. Uh, Colin, Julio says he loves your jacket. Vamos, Mexico. Vamos, Super Wildcard Weekend. Let's look ahead. This isn't the first game. I wanted to talk about this, but I can't. Right, Raiders, Bengals. The La- Las Vegas Raiders, who last Sunday weren't in until the last the last kick of the game, or like the, the, the last few plays of the game, going up against Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. What a game. The playoffs start. The ball is over, boys. The picks are in. Colin, who have you got in this game? Yeah, this should be a really intriguing game. I think we talked about the fact that it is two QBs making their playoff debut. And Jeff talked about the the Raiders and some of the issues they've had to contend with this year in terms of the head coach, in terms of Henry Ruggs and, um, you know, one uh, a gun charge, I think, as well for other players and whatnot. So, look, I think the Raiders deserve immense credit. They looked um, like they were out of the playoff contention at one stage and then they turned it around. They won their last four games and one score games, close games. Um, so kudos to them, first interim head coach to, to make the playoffs. Um, for for Zach Taylor, it was uh, a Damascus moment, essentially, where he realized, I think, at some point this year that, look, the offensive line is a sieve and there's nothing I can do about fixing that. So I just need to let Joe Burrow cook and, and let him um, de- deal with it. And, and Burrow has, especially, obviously, in the last couple of weeks. For, for me, I suppose this is, um, for the Raiders, I think, they need Max Crosby to turn the pressure that he gets into sacks. Burrow is really good at escaping, but Crosby had over 100 pressures this year. Um, Yannick Ngakwe had 60, so you're talking about averaging 80 um, between the, the two. So that will be where where they will look to exploit the weaknesses on the, the Bengals' O-line. This is an opportunity for Derek Carr to, to show that he can play in cold weather. The stats suggest, and Jack Del Rio would tell you that he can't. So now um, Derek generally doesn't take too kindly to people criticizing or questioning him. Now, now he gets an opportunity to shut them up. But for me, I suppose what this comes down to is uh, a tweet that uh, Dan Orlovsky put out, and I heard Sam Monson mention it on the PFF podcast. So Joe Burrow has played six um, have-to-win games in his career, right? With LSU, uh, Bama, Georgia, Oklahoma, and Clemson. And with the Bengals, week 16, week 17, the Ravens and the Chiefs. In those games, he's 6-0. He's 2,669 passing yards, averaging 444 a game, 27 touchdowns, zero interceptions. I'm going with Joe Burrow and the Bengals to win this. Uh, Colin mentions the quarterback pressures on on this Bengals. Sorry, on on in terms of the Raiders players, two hundred and sixteen in total quarterback pressure this year, the highest in the league. Uh, it's significant, bearing in mind that their blitz, their blitz, the blitz side of things was was quite low. So, 
when they play well and when they get quarterbacks like we saw for large parts of the game last weekend, they're very effective. And uh, not much has been said about the game which was played in week 11 because it was 32-13 in the end to the Bengals. But having reflected on that game and gone through it in more detail, it was a very evenly matched game and it was actually 13-6 with 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter and the Bengals kind of exposed the secondary of the Raiders, which we've seen happen in a number of times this season, particularly those games against the Chiefs. But what we have seen over the past month is a defense that has come together and whilst they gave up a lot of points last week against a, a strong Chiefs offense for a large part of that game, they played very well. The momentum is there. I know like the Bengals are coming into the playoffs and people are talking very highly of them. And it's a kind of a way as if the, the game isn't evenly matched. But when you look at the stats of the teams passing six against seventh total offense, it's 14th against 15th defense, 16th against 18th. They're quite evenly matched. And I can see why, I can certainly see the argument as to the Bengals win with Chase and with Burrow. But the three games of the season in which the Bengals have lost at home, they've turned the ball over quite a few times in the game. The Browns, the 49ers, the Chargers, and mainly because Burrow was under pressure for a large part of that game because the offensive line didn't stand up. And that's why I'm going to go with the Raiders. I think they're defensively have really improved over the past month to arguably one of the best in the league in their stats-wise. And I think we're going to see an upset. I think... The Raiders have something going. I don't think it's going to mean they're going to go to the Super Bowl. The players are together. They're playing for that interim coach. I see that it's the first shock of the weekend for me, the Raiders win. We've talked about it on the show. The Bengals have not won a playoff game since 1990. Um, 32 years. The reality is the Raiders, if I remember correctly, haven't won a playoff game in 18 years, over 18 years themselves. So it's not exactly, you know, not only is it a, a, a meeting of two quarterbacks in their first playoff game, but two franchises that have been starved of playoff success for a long, long period of time. This game has every possibility of being a Bengals blowout. Every possibility. You know, they have put up masses of points. They have a dynamic offense. They're an exciting offense. And they could run riot over a Raiders team that, frankly, at times has blown hot and cold. The only problem with that synopsis is the Bengals have an offensive line that's given up over 50 sacks of Joe Burrow. And on the Raiders, they not only get pressure, they get pressure with just rushing four, giving them more options in their secondary. And that four, as the guys have alluded to, is headed up by a one-man wrecking ball called Max Crosby, who probably hasn't got the attention or love he's deserved. He's one of only three players himself to get over 100 pressures in a season. J.J. Watt did it one season, Aaron Donald did it one season, and Max Crosby. That's not bad company to be in. Um, he's maxed with two Xs only because Vin Diesel had stolen the triple X piece in the past. Um, is the Raiders' offense the most consistent in the world? No. Is their defense the most consistent in the world? No. But for the past four weeks, we talk about living up under pressure they've not only won and they're in unlike last season swoon they've won by two points four points three points and three points that's playoff pressure of a type that's dealing with the tight games and you know maybe it's the start of something strange and special and the craziest of crazy seasons ends in a bit of success for the silver and black i'm wearing the black tonight I think the line is overpriced regardless. At five and a half points for the Bengals, it's too much. It's going to be a tighter game than that. And yeah, I'm somehow, some way, the Raiders are going to do it. 
I want to shout out everybody first off for saying uh, just our comments. We will get them read out as quickly as we can. You can imagine it's a wee bit mad in here tonight. And it's an interesting day on on this show. The Irish Raiders Twitter account popped up today. And a warm welcome to you. The more Irish accounts we have, fantastic. And we seem to have two new Raiders fans here now that they're both that, they're, that their teams are uh, in the playoffs. And that sounds good. Um, Steve O'Rourke said Brian knows in the comments. So Brian must know. And uh, the rookies with the most receiving yards all time. Jamar is second to Bill Roman. He's not ours. Uh, one, four, five, five receiving yards. Mark knows two is a live comment that just came in. We will read everyone's comments <laughs> as soon as possible. Thank you to Steve. It's been longer. It's been a it, look. It's been a very, very long time since either team here has won a playoff game. The Raiders' last postseason victory came in 2003 when I was in second year in school. A year after Robbie Keane made me cry against Germany. Uh, Still in Oakland, they beat the Titans in the AFC Championship game. They would then lose to Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, back with the Glazers that year. The team's only made one playoff appearance since. Uh, Cincinnati actually, Mark, was 1991. The reason I know that and the reason I know that for a fact is because I was born that year. That's how long ago that was. Look at me now. I've not much hair left. I've got a beard. And I'm up talking about American football at 10 to 11 at night. But uh, they beat the Houston Oilers. Who are they, Mark? I'm only joking, don't worry. But uh, look, in terms of this season, Vegas finished strong. They done very well to get over last week. And they done well to get to the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. Winning 35-32 against the Chargers last week. Cincinnati had it wrapped up the week before that, winning the AFC North. And last week wasn't that... Um, it didn't really matter, did it, against Cleveland? It didn't really matter last week at all. But this is the, and let me just get this going. It's the me nerves, me nerves game. Because this, honestly, lads, look at both teams. How much, and this, I know, I know this counts for every game, but, you know, Carr in Vegas, the whole situation, the, what the Raiders have been through this year, the Bengals, the young team, this new, this this fresh offense, this the way that this team has played all year, so much is riding in this game. It's been five, six years, whatever, since both teams have been in the playoffs. They have not been in this situation before, and I think it's going to be intriguing to see how this game plays out, not just at the start, but throughout, because I think nerves are going to play a massive part in it. Uh, I am concerned. I think the Raiders have put too much in to get to this point in the season. I think they've exhausted themselves maybe a wee bit, and I don't buy into this whole hype around. I think... There's like I don't think there's something special there. I really don't. And I don't mean this in the bad way because I'm a fan of a team in the AFC West. I just don't think they're going to go far in the playoffs. Uh, I think it's hard to beat a team twice in this situation against the Bengals. And I, and I genuinely think the Bengals' offense gets them through the game. And whether that takes Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Mixon to, to name three players there, to take some two or three quarters to get through that, that remains to be seen. But I think the Bengals will, honestly... Play their hearts out on Saturday, and I think they'll win this game by at least seven points. And I want to give Matchbook a shout out because we've got a special bet with them this week. And five plus five point five is one of the selections to mark. Thank you very much for that. I'm only joking. I'm taking the Bengals, boys. Taking the Bengals to beat the Raiders. Um, I'm not concerned about the longevity of a season with the Raiders in terms of the overtime situation because they played four overtime games this season, so they're well capable of managing that situation. They have done all season. Um, Jeff referred to all the various incidents this season for the Raiders. When we had Steve on, on the show, Steve O'Rourke on the show, we, we were actually discussing the draft. He said they were in no man's land in terms of where they were selecting. And then they go and select Alex Leatherwood. I would argue all the turmoil started then because everybody expected him to go in the second and third round. They overcame that. They moved him out of that position. They've overcome a lot this season. There's, a, there's something 
there's something happening here. There's something about Mary, Brian, I think you said. Yeah. Um, yeah. Michael, I was just going to say, just, you know, anytime I make a game pick, there's always a little angel on one shoulder kind of saying, why didn't you say this? And there's a little devil on the other side saying, you bloody idiot, why didn't you say that? Because it's obviously not going to work. <laughs> Um, the little devil feels compelled to mention, of course, this is a team, a matchup between the most penalized team in the NFL and the third least penalized team in the NFL. There are no prizes for guessing who the most penalized team in the NFL is, guys. And the much criticized uh, first round pick of the Raiders, Alex Leatherwood, has had, I think, seven full starts this season. He's, he's quite a number. It's, I think he's the most penalized player for full starts. So, yeah, there, there, there are things that can go against them. But on the plus side, you mentioned Joe Mixon. We've talked a lot about the quarterbacks, the passing offense, et cetera. I'm a huge Josh Jacobs fan. And I think the last few weeks, he'd started to be a bit more Miley Cyrus, you know, coming in like a wrecking ball. And I think, therefore, that is an underrated part of the Raiders' offense and giving an added dimension to it. And equally, they've actually had the tightest run defense in the NFL over the last three or four weeks. Bear in mind, one of those weeks was against Jonathan Taylor and the Colts as well. Uh, only conceding 75 yards in total per game. So that is a counterpoint to the power and the opportunity, obviously, of Joe Mixon. Still comes down to the O-line versus D-line. Anyway, just to share those. And sh shout out to Michael Grimes, to Owen Farrell, who says Jeff is a legend, to Neil Logan, uh, Owen Thomas as well, I think I said that already, Ryan Young, Declan Gar 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 Garen. 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 Uh, Steve O'Rourke says boo. Ray Murph says, Colm, the tennis racket is the business. And uh, BP Flynn says, Joe will sling it. And the Raiders can't cover the triple threat. Yeah. Uh, and I just want to say very quickly here, I'm looking at you Bengals fans. I have not jinxed your team. Do not tweet me tomorrow night if you lose saying that I've jinxed it. I, I want the Bengals to win. I think this team is a promising team. And by God... I need the Bengals to go through the AFC playoffs badly. So please, I have not jinxed your team. We, we love your support. Um, we appreciate your support. The Bengals are going to win against the Raiders on Saturday. My, Michael, I, I don't mean to bring it up, but in our regular season picks, because we picked every single game in the regular season, the whole season long. I mean, I know I won it comfortably, so I'm not bringing up for that. But how many how many games were you behind? I'm just, just wondering. How many jinxes did you deliver? How was that? Like, it... In my defense, I wasn't that far behind a lot of people. I wasn't. You know, you just play the save every week, Mark. Let's be honest. Anyway, pick King. Let's let's get to the next game then, because if, if you're so confident, let's get to the next game. And I wonder who Mark's gonna pick here. The New um, England Patriots. Um, Michael, you you were asking someone referred to um, Colum's uh, tennis racket. Did you did you pick that one up? Did you get that joke? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and sorry for reading it out. Uh, thank you for your comments. Yeah, very, very, very good one. Uh, Buffalo Bills, AFC East champs against the AFC East second team. It's an AFC East derby, derby, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Shamrock Rovers against Bohemians, Linfield and Torn, Cliftonville against Crusaders. Welcome to everyone watching tonight. Uh, Colin, who have you got? So only six rookie quarterbacks have won their first playoff start. And of the six, only four have beaten a veteran quarterback in their first start. And of the four, only two have won on the road. Those were one, Joseph Flacco. It's not my job to teach anyone anything. And Mark Buttfumble Sanchez. Um, 
quite something that those two. But then Joe Flacco has uh, a, a Super Bowl having uh, beaten the, the Broncos with a, a moment of magic at mile high that I'll never, ever get over as long as I live. Um, but that is essentially what Matt Jones is, is looking to do. He's looking to um, join those two and make it a trilogy in a trilogy. And it, I suppose to do that, he is going to be essentially leaning on the Patriots' um, defense and the uh, the rushing game. Because when you look in terms of rookies winning, what you need is you need a top five scoring defense, and you essentially need um, a top um, top five run, rushing offense to in order to to win. So that is what the Patriots are going to have to do. I think they're essentially going to almost have to play a, a perfect game or certainly a mistake-free game. I think it's going to be very physical. Now, up to maybe the last game, I felt the Bills could be bullied a little bit. I thought that was you could bully them. They showed in the last game that that you know they stood up and they were there to be counted. And the issue for the Patriots is they're missing so many. They had 13 players listed as questionable. Um, obviously, some of those will make it, but some of them won't some of them be pairing knocks that will be more serious than than others i am really fascinated to see what way belichick will approach this in terms of defense because josh allen was brilliant in the second game I, it was probably his best game of the season he really kind of put the the bills at his back and i think that's essentially what this comes down to it's all going to go through um, Josh Allen, the weather, um, they're, they, they're all talking about it. It'll be a factor. It, it'll be cold. I don't see how the cold is going to affect either the Patriots or the Bills. It's not um, the ridiculous 60 to 70 mile an hour gusts that we saw in game one. I, I can make a case for the Patriots. I really can and how they can do it given the coaching staff that they have. But I think given how beat up they are, given that they have the rookie QB, given that the Bills are at home, I think all signs point to the Buffalo Bills uh, winning it and moving on. Yeah, the 23 points they put up in Foxborough a couple of weeks back, they've been 13 of the 17 games this season. The Bills' offense has put up 25 or more points. It's hard to see a situation unless we get similar kind of weather adverse weather conditions to what we saw that game on the Monday night where the Patriots can live with them. But playoff comes around and Bill Belichick finds a way to address what he what he saw a couple of weeks ago. And the problem for me at right now is the Patriots don't seem to be going into this game with any momentum and form. Um, I know form goes out to win the two large part when it comes to playoffs because they're in. That's all you want to be. You want to be in the dance. But the Bills are going in the right direction. Like They've won four in a row that game the week after. That difficult loss to the Patriots. You'd argue they could have won. They came back really well in that second half. And we touched on the show that, you know, once they didn't win that game, they would have taken great confidence from that game, potentially go on a run, leading them towards the playoffs. And right now, that's what we're seeing from them. They're on a run. They win this game. I think, to, you know, depending on the result on Sunday night football, they'll go into Kansas City, where they've won already this season. Mac Jones had a great season, but I just think this is a step too far from over the last few weeks. I think he could have requested, and we're starting to see a rookie to a certain extent. You know, dealing with difficult things and injuries around the team, I just think it's too big of a too big of a step for this team against a team that were arguably one of the favourites to win the Super Bowl. Where Belichick has lost to a team in the playoffs, and then he's oh, sorry in the in the regular season, and he's faced them in the playoffs that that same season, he's lost five times in a row. So I think it's going to be six times in a row this weekend. Bills for me. 
Colm said he could make an argument as to how the Patriots can win this game. Unfortunately, I I don't think I can. Um, we're talking about a rookie quarterback in a playoff game. Since 2010, a rookie quarterback is 0-6, straight up. Like, they don't win playoff games. Patriots have just announced Isaiah Wynn, our starting left tackle. Oh, one of those might be useful to have healthy and in full fitness. No, he's out, so there's going to be a shift along the line. What about that wonderful Patriots secondary? Oh, JC Jackson, you know, all pro season, you know, going to get a big payday in free agency. His kryptonite is Stefan Dix. He locks down nearly every player in the NFL, but Stefan Dix runs right over him. The last time they played, Buffalo played man. Mac Jones had a woeful game, 14 for 32 for 145 yards. Columns alluded to the various players being injured. Christian Barmore, a standout second round pick on the D line, is one of those that's really likely to be out, and that could have a big impact. I watched obviously every play of the last Buffalo New England game. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills just went up and down at will. In Foxborough, it wasn't even close. It never looked like the defense was going to get a hand on them. So when people say, you know, Mark was right to be afraid but last week, I'm terrified. I would have much preferred a matchup against the Bengals, where I think actually the Patriots would have matched up far better. The Bills have by far the greater talent pool, uh, by far the greater scheme. Sean McDermott has schemed very well against the Patriots, and he's not afraid of Bill Belichick, and indeed has won a number of key games. But here's where I channel a little bit about the Battle of Thermopylae and Phil Collins. Because in the Battle of Thermopylae, if you might remember, made famous by the movie 300 featuring Jared Butler. And we know, have, know we've got a couple of good fans over in Scotland there, thinking of um, Scott and Danny in particular. Jared Butler at one point announces when Sparta are defending their uh, region, is that this is Sparta. Well, this isn't Sparta. This is the New England Patriots. And there is always a way. And the problem with the Battle of Thermopylae is they still lost. The 300 gradually overran over eventually. So I'm not going to remain, you know, only hope on that. I'm going to bring back the greatest musician of the 1980s, <clears throat> mainly because his songs work for me in this context. Uh, Phil Collins, Bill Belichick doesn't need to be in the Hall of Fame. There is no jacket required. The Patriots will somehow, some way, against all odds, show their true colors and find a way through. And if you remember that great song about another day in paradise, and the playoffs are paradise, guys. It's always another day. But about a halfway through the third quarter, the tension will be building. There'll be this atmospheric music. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the drums will come out and they'll go, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. I can feel it coming in the air tonight. The Patriots somehow, some way, will have another day in paradise and beat the Buffalo Bills. And Danny woke up. <laughs> ah, right, right. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you gotta, you, 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 you gotta, you, you gotta admire your love for the team, Mark, because this disgrace. And you pick the box next week. You just called out so are, many. Injuries. Yeah, are we? Are we not literally four minutes on from Marco and Column says that he can find see a way the Patriots can win. Not a chance. And then Marco and oh yeah, I can see a way the Patriots can win. I think it's love over. I it's, think all, it's, it's all the build-up. Is the anticipation for you, Colin? This is a this is a sixth seed Patriots team. 
visiting Buffalo. Forget forget about the weather. Forget about I don't care if it's cold. I don't care if it's freezing. I don't care if it's hot. I don't care if it's raining hailstones the size of my head. This is the first time the Patriots are going in to a playoff game since 1998. That, that doesn't have Tom Brady a quarterback. Now, just to make that clear to anybody that is watching this or even listening to this, the last time that that happened, Frank Mitchell was still presenting Scudder around the corner. I was seven years old. So this is a big, big thing. The Buffalo Bills, as Brian have rightly said, are on their butt. They are. The Patriots, you know, I, I've picked against the Patriots in, in recent weeks. Sorry, I've picked for the Patriots in recent weeks in, in hope that I've that, that I've jinxed them. And uh, I'll give my pick away in a minute. And, and, and I'll talk about the reasons for that. But uh, look, Mac Jones, NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year candidate, uh, is making his postseason debut. Uh, this is a young, up-and-coming Patriots team. It's the fourth-ranked defense in the NFL. Loads of pro bowlers that held the Bills in Buffalo, I think, six weeks ago now. And everyone was, oh, geez, oh, Lord, geez, there's a fire. This Patriots team is the second coming. I mean, the ESPN the next morning were talking about them as if they were incredible. And fair play to them. They've done amazingly well. Well, let's be clear. Bill Belichick had a master plan against Buffalo in the cold. But it wasn't just the cold, it was the snow. And we, we were talking about it for hours beforehand. There will be, and I've seen the comments, it will be very cold at kickoff tomorrow night. Mac Jones uh, threw three passes in Buffalo six weeks ago. Hopefully he can throw four or five uh, tomorrow night. But in all seriousness, <laughs> so sorry. Can Josh Allen keep it going? Can he? I don't really care. He has to. It's put up or shut up time for the Bills. They have enough offensive weapons. They have enough weapons to stop a rookie quarterback. No harm to the crack. Like they have enough to stop this Patriots team. Forget about the Patriots. Forget about their frank, frankly, very good defense. If the Bills don't win this game, they only have themselves to blame. I think it'll be a low-scoring affair. I'm going to take the Bills to win 21-10. But my God, if they don't win this game, <laughs> uh, whew, whew, I, I mean. Questions will have to be asked because this team can sit here and it's still it's fantastic for that fan base that they've won two divisions in a row. Uh, sorry, two, two years in a row, and it was great that they had the chance to celebrate with their fans last week or the week before. Was it, was it two weeks ago? But nobody cares less now. It's put up or shut up time for Buffalo, a team that's never won the Lombardi Trophy. Go out and beat the Patriots for all of us, for the love of God. Hallelujah! Please, <laughs> please. <laughs> Please. I'm sorry. I tried to Please. maintain my neutrality, but Michael, thank you for inflicting the curse on Buffalo. I appreciate it. Thanks, mate. Uh, there's comments about Phil Collins there. Uh, well, first off, BP Flynn says game time temperature minus 15 degrees Celsius, minus 23 wind chill factor, uh, more like against all odds. There was a comment from a celebrity this week about Josh Allen and what he should do. I'm not going to repeat it on air. Google it. Uh, Jess Steed says, take me home is another Phil Collins hit. Bill Balachek will be wishing he was at home by the third quarter. Uh, Owen Farrell says, bloody hell, Mark. Declan says, Mark was afraid, was right to be afraid last week. Bill's going to smash the pots. Let's just keep her easy. I might go to uh, the early mass tomorrow night and, and I'll say a prayer for every non-Patriots fan. Anyway, any final comments in that game? I think despite what people are saying about the weather conditions and they can say, oh, the bills are going to rain from the first time around, the reality is 
you know, if the Pats get a, get up a steam and make the Bills play from behind, it would suit the Patriots perfectly. Josh Allen does struggle in adverse medical conditions. We've seen it. He didn't play well in the fourth game. His longest long show, I think, was 26 yards in that game. But, okay, Mac Jones didn't have to show it, but he didn't He didn't show it. He didn't have to show it. But look, is, people can say the weather conditions aren't going to be an impact. They are going to be an impact in the game. That's the uh, Brian, but that was a storm. Like, that was 60, 70 mile an hour gusts. It's, look, it's hardly, it's hardly pristine weather tomorrow night, is it? Buffalo should be used to that. Josh Allen should be training that all year round. Uh, look, I agree with what you're saying to an extent, but they have no excuses. The The ball stops tomorrow. It doesn't matter if they're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. It doesn't matter if they're playing a college football team. They have to win this game. They have to. Like, if they don't win this game, where does Buffalo go over here? After, after the last couple well, of years, they, they, have they to go win. to the draft. But well, Yes, of course. And, and every team that doesn't win it. And even the team that does win it does that. Picks 32nd. Right. We've played more sorry, games. Well, sorry, yeah, yeah, go, go, if, sorry. You say, where do they go from here if they don't win this game? I agree with you because the expectation going into the season was to go to the Super Bowl. So even if they were to lose next week and got past the pace this week and they lose in Kansas City, for example, assuming the Chiefs take care of business on Sunday night football, just still going to be a little bit of disappointment. See, this team is good enough to win a Super Bowl in their eyes. Yes. Uh, absolutely, Brian. But that's what your jersey stands for as well. Your jumper, it's next year. So for a six year team, it's going to be. All right, all right. Now, here. We can have let's, so many memes on this one tonight. Uh, we have uh, three more games to look at for the Sunday games. Eagles at Bucks, 49ers at Cowboys, Steelers at Chiefs on the Irish NFL show. Super wildcard weekend. This show is presented by Matchbook Betting Exchange. £20.20 20 euro welcome offer. Money back as cash if your first bet loses. The code is Irish NFL show. If you go to the Matchbook website or app, we have got a special bet, which we will talk about towards the end of the show. Before we bring a special guest on, Aaron Schatz is coming on to the show. And we have also... Uh, got a, a number of different things coming up this week we're very very proud to be presented by trust gaming as well uh proud partners of the irish nfl show uh okay so we're going to look ahead to the next game the next game uh, is well mark's second team it's the eagles going up against the tampa bay buccaneers i'm never going to tire that mark until the day that man retires i'm going to call it your second team um and a nice game column uh presented by trust who have you got going into this game on Sunday, the six o'clock game. Well, Mark is right when he talked about the the uh, this game earlier. Nobody really is given the Eagles a, a chance. Uh, I I believe um, this uh, in terms of the 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 betting. Um, the the Bucks are um, due to win by the the most. Uh, whatever way the the terminology, Brian, you can educate me around that. Um, and you can see why defending champions. We talked about it, bringing their players back, bringing the coaching staff back. They beat up um, the Eagles earlier in the the year, but the I th I think it will be a closer game than maybe um, a lot of people think because back in that game we talked about Zach um, Taylor having his Damascus moment. Nick Sirianni, nobody. Um, had a more Damascus moment than um, Nick because the in that first game running backs had nine carries and um, he had they had so it was a totally different thing. Also back then the Bucks were the number one uh, in run defense. They were fifty five yards per game, three point four yards per carry. In the twelve weeks since then, 
They're uh, 16th in yards allowed per game and 28th in yards per carry. Uh, at the So they have regressed and the Eagles have gotten a whole lot better at running the football because they've allowed to do that and their O-line has gotten healthy. Um, and they are a, a serious unit. So I think it's going to be really interesting. I think it actually hinges on Levante David. I think how fit he is will be huge because they have looked um, you know, much better when he's in there. And I think that's going to be really important. But how fit, and Jeff talked about that, how fit will Shaq Barrett be? How fit will JPP be? How fit is, is playoff Lenny? They've got to put them all out there because they're already shorthanded given Godwin is out, given Antonio Brown is out. And ultimately, at the end of the day, I'm not going to bet against Brady in, in the playoffs. But um, I think the Bucks will win, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than a, a, a lot of people think. And I genuinely can make a case how the Eagles could win, but it would require absolutely everything to go their way. I don't think that will happen. So the, the Bucks march on. We're talking about adverse weather conditions. Did you call that out for this game, Colin? Did you recognize it's supposed to be a downpour on Sunday in Tampa and it's going to be a sloppy, muddy affair and... I guess that would suit the Eagles because they're number one run, number one run offense in the league against a passing number one passing league. But how the weather doesn't kind of lead to teams wanting to throw the ball down the field. But I can't get over the fact that this Eagles team haven't won, haven't been any team. They played six teams this season that are in the playoffs. I beg your pardon, with a winning record, and not one of them have they beaten because they've only beaten abject teams, and that's the reason that they're in the position that they're in. So for me, uh, Rats in Philadelphia will be, as Jeff called them, will be on their, on their way home with a difficult loss on Sunday because despite the adverse conditions, I think Brady will have a comfortable day and I think the Bucks will win and cover that line, which is eight and a half points as we've referred to earlier in the show. Brian, you snuck in there. I was about to bring up that one myself. I mean, the, the we mentioned the Raiders earlier. There was one great one about the Raiders as well. I think six walk-off wins, which is the most in NFL history the Raiders have had. But the Eagles, with their, you know, very strange record in relation to it, um, as Brian alludes to, have not beaten a, a side with a winning record. Um, and I think we called it about eight weeks out. They had a very favourable um, schedule to finish the season. It looked like they built up momentum. Nick Sirianni, as Conor alluded to, had his Damascus moment and suddenly realised, actually, no, Baltimore North is the way of this team and will play to Jalen Hurts' strengths, will play to the strengths of his roster, um, a very talented, let's face it, running back core um, in terms of the various different uh, runners he has there, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, etc., uh, Howard, obviously, for a bit more of a power game. So they've got talent, but they've, you know, nobody's steaming into playoffs, maybe with the exception of the Packers and things. But um, the, the Eagles definitely had a, an easy road in the last while. They've been the teams you expect them to beat. They've lost to the teams you expect them to lose to. Um, but looking at this game, the injuries do concern you if you are backing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, especially a line, I think it's running about minus eight and a half column. So over a touchdown, they, the bookies are expecting Tampa Bay to win this game by. Um, you know, if you're missing or injured three linebackers, you're relying upon a banged up running back who's just coming back because your other key running back is out and you still don't know who your third receiver is. Like, yeah, you can try and play pitch and catch with Mike Evans and Gronk all day long. 
But at some point, you might actually have to throw the ball to someone else. And you certainly have limited options in that regard. Um, I think overall, the Bucks just have that touch too much more talent. So much as I can really, really see a way in which the Eagles win this game, I'm not bold enough to call it for them, I'm afraid. But this is, you know, it's been a bit, you know, um, joking a little bit with Jeff, trying to rile up a little bit of a discussion about it. But, you know, if the Eagles control the ball, if the Eagles can get the Bucks into difficult situations, they absolutely can win this game. Absolutely. So I've got the Bucks, but a lot closer than a lot of people are anticipating. I was just trying to make a balance. Um, Hang on, I, I've got uh, YouTube music on here. I'll just play some random songs. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, it, it, it is in reference to a team that is playing in the in the game that we are referencing live on the Irish NFL show presented by Matchbook Betting Exchange and Trust Gaming. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are a team, a bit like me. They start off bad, they get better going through uh, life, that is. You know, for me, I'm just thriving in my 30s now. Started the regular season three and six. Uh, actually had a 28 to 22 home loss in October against the Bucks, but Jalen Hurts, gentlemen uh over three and a half sorry over three thousand passing yards 700 rush yards 10 plus rush tds in c in the c in this season i want to thank um nfl communications for that data and i also want to thank a bit of the game tape that i watched this week i like the eagles the question is have they got enough to beat the tampa bay buccaneers i mean uh there was a comment there i think i think brian just from my my, my memory is gone tonight but i think you said about the weather and well they're playing Tom Brady, so it shouldn't really matter if Tom Brady doesn't have eyesight anymore or if he hasn't got the mobility in his arms or legs, he should be able to, to win because he's the greatest of all time. So, you know, in, in, in that sense, uh, look, I, I, I'm impressed with Sirianni. I'm impressed with how, they, with how the Eagles get on. But th this game will come down to Brady. And can he get his top targets continuously in this game? Obviously, Goblin's out after having an SCL injury. Stan and Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski, uh, both of them have combined for more than 42% of Tom Brady's passing yardage in the last three games. It's all on Brady. If Brady doesn't win this, bye. But they will win this. They'll win this by about 7 to 10 points. Uh, and hopefully it's a decent game because this is his first game on Sunday. And I know already somebody's going to screen grab me saying bye that way. But bye-bye to the Eagles in a nice way. I would love it if the Eagles won this game. I would absolutely... That's, that's my Kevin Keegan moment. I would love it if the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I just can't see it. I'm intrigued to see how they're going to go next year. And I can't wait to end back in Brian's bunker guessing who's going to win the NFC East in 2022. Well... Michael, I mean, you know, Tom Brady is only playing in his 46th playoff game, so it's unusual there are things older than him, but, like, he has played in more uh, playoff games than he's had birthdays. And I think that's more than, if I'm remembering correctly, 26 or 27 franchises have had in their entire existence. So, you know, even if he loses it, does it affect the fact that he's the greatest football player of all time? No. Michael, you're referring to that game... Sorry, Mark, I tell you, you're done. You're referring to that game when it was 28 22 earlier in the season. As I said on the Bengals Raiders game, I went to the trouble of looking back at the, the games of the season where they played. For three quarters, the Bucks were up by f at least 14 points every quarter. Garbage. If you ever wanted a, a game which you called garbage time touchdowns, 
That's your game. The game is the game. You score when you score. As Bill Hardy would say, come on, come on, Eamon. Come on, Eamon. Come on, come on, Eamon. The game, and, if you were to look at that score. Sorry, and that game actually was interesting from an analytical point of view because it's one of the rare games where a team did the right thing when down by two touchdowns, which the Eagles did. Big thanks to the over 3,000 people that have either listened or contributed tonight. Uh, let's check the chat out two seconds before we go on. Jason McDonald is saying fly, or sorry, Brian, do you want to read this one out? I can't say it on my screen. My screen's going to be funny. It says fly, Eagles, fly. Come on, lads, make a case for the Eagles beating TB and TB. I, Kevin Keegan moment. It hurts time to fly, Brian. And the cap, cap well, Deco is only trying to mind me up. I know where, where he's at there now. I just want to say one more thing. This doesn't fill me with any joy watching Tom Brady beat the Eagles or Eagles beat Tom Brady. Like, there's no winner in my world on Sunday evening at six o'clock. Sorry, it's sorry, like, I have uh, to come back. I remember watching the Super Bowl Eagles, uh, Patriots, the uh, I suppose the infamous for me 40 32 uh, Eagles victory, and um, the only person that was more hurt that night the me was Brian O'Leary with every single second of the game. It didn't matter what was happening. If someone scored a touchdown, it was like he was depressed. If someone else scored a touchdown, he was depressed. It was highly amusing. If the Eagles win on Sunday, I will create an intro for Monday Night Show of me running from Belfast City Hall doing the Rocky theme music. I, I will do it. That's how much I want this to happen. Uh, I'd be very, very happy. I hope so. those steps are easy. Adrian, <laughs> come on, come on, boys, come on, Jalen, do it for the crack. Uh, there has to be an upset somewhere, and maybe it might come in the next game. Uh, look, decent enough game. Uh, it's all right. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, it's just the 49ers against the Cowboys. Uh, what a game! What a game! I can't wait to see your picks for this because this surely now is where we all don't agree and stuff. But we haven't agreed all night in a couple of games. But, uh, whoo, whoo, call him Jerry Jones is a man that's getting on in years how would he feel if well he's like in his late 70s mark come on he is like and he hasn't seen his team win a super bowl in how many years i i just i just love the way you <laughs> so delicately put okay. it let let me and I, okay I, I i apologize i mean that in a very loving way for irish cowboys fans and for cowboys fans in the uk europe and the world Colin jerry jones has put the money on the table this Cowboys team can really do no more apart from go and win this thing. How would he feel uh, early Monday morning if they lost to the 49ers, one and done in the playoffs? The Dallas Cowboys, this is surely the year. They're talking about a backup Super Bowl location. I mean, oh dear. Well, Jerry, I think Jerry made it very clear this week that he expects to win the Super Bowl. The problem for Jerry is, and... Uh, if you want to talk about the the Eagles and the teams they ha have and haven't beaten, this Cowboys team since they came back, they beat the the Patriots. They then went on a bye, and my goodness, have they struggled since uh, that that point? Um, they the only uh, playoff team that they've beaten since their bye is the Eagles' backups. So at their best, this Cowboys team can be fantastic. And they, you know, we know what they can be capable of. But 
can they actually do it on the biggest stage? Can they do it against um, an opponent who isn't going to allow them have their way? That's what they need to show. And this will be an interesting one because essentially the the Cowboys, are, you know, have Dak and have the wide receivers to take advantage of the defensive weaknesses of the 49ers on deep passes. And uh, you might see Dak throw it up for, um, you know, deep, you know, DPI calls. Let's, let's see what happens there. But equally, the, the 49ers are kind of set up to exploit the Cowboys' weaknesses. So I think this will be a, a really fascinating game to see how um, – both teams approach it and you've got a team i suppose in the 49ers who've kind of come into form at the right time i mean they've gotten um, better in the second half of the season they have their foibles we know about jimmy g we know about his issue in terms of throwing interceptions um particularly over the the middle and um i imagine what you'll see the cowboys do is to to look to get him to to do that if you can get jimmy under pressure um, that's uh, when he has issues. Now, he came up uh, big against the Rams last week, um, but I, I imagine you'll see lots of interesting things for from the, the 49ers. The, the Cowboys, the, all the talk is obviously around Mike McCarthy and what will happen and the coordinators. But for me, a um, couple of interesting things on this. Trent Williams um, has no injury designation, um, so will play, which will make a huge difference. Nick Bosa, um, will, uh, that'll be interesting to see how he does, Micah Parsons. But ultimately, I, I was listening to uh, Damina Kimes' podcast, and she had a great stat. Um, the Dallas defense allows 6.1 yards per carry to teams using motion, so which is the third worst in the NFL. San Francisco uses motion on their designated runs on 46% of those, which is the most in the NFL. I think the 49ers are going to break Jerry's heart. I am going to go with the 49ers to win this one. Ba, 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 ba. See, I don't know. It's a big shock. That's the thing. You look at the line, it's three points. It's not a sign. It's, it's one of the smallest lines of the weekend. It's arguably the best playoff game of the weekend, I would say. It's probably the one that stands out the most in terms of the one I'm really looking forward to see. Colin referred to the Niners being informed. You know, you're, you're correct in a way. They've won seven in the last nine. But what concerns me over the past few weeks is first half in both the last two games, they haven't been in the games whatsoever. They didn't score last week in the first half. They were 17 nil down at halftime. They only scored three points in the first half the week prior to that against the Texans at home. They won't comfortably in the end. But for large parts of that game, they started. Kittle hasn't had a 30-plus yard game in the last three. He was hitting 90s, 100s average when they went into Cincinnati and Seattle, and he was putting up huge numbers. They'd fallen off the cliff. Yeah, defensively, they've really improved. You look at the first 10 weeks of the season, they were giving up 26, 27 points a game, only five takeaways. Since then, they've brought it down to 17 points on average, and they've had 15 takeaways. Seriously improved. You look, Columns touched on the flaws on both sides. Run defense situation against the secondary of the 49ers. And where I think is the, which one's the bigger concern? And for me, that's the 49ers. And if they don't turn up in the first half like they haven't done the past two weeks, this game will get out of hand if that Cowboys offense, which... Whilst it's been a bit sporadic of late, probably no harm what they did last week in terms of putting up those 50 points and they've got their confidence back. So I'm confident on the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are the better team, have had a better season. The Fortunately, they've stuttered their way into the playoffs. I think the Cowboys on Sunday will win. win. I wouldn't say win well, but they'll win. 
by seven to ten points. He's on mute. Yeah, Michael, thank you for unmuting me, Michael. Appreciate it. Sorry, I just I heard noise and I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll mute him just in case you're swearing about the Cowboys. But even worse than the swear, Brian O'Leary, as I run away for a second, just said he's confident on the Cowboys, Mark. Please take a look. Yeah, I, I, I understand uh, Brian's confidence in one respect, but like, I think people have to be careful about overconfidence here. The 49ers have a very, very good running game. If Jimmy G performs like he has done in some games, making the throws. We've talked about it. Like, the offense isn't that complicated in some respects. Get the ball in your playmaker's hands. Get the ball in Kittle's hands. Get the ball in Samuel's hands. Make the throws we know he can make on third down. That offense can take on anyone. And that offense then can control the clock. And they can control the game. I mean, this isn't just an amazing throwback game. I mean, I could come out with all the 90s references you like, I think, in relation to referencing this game. This is a real clash of styles today and it's to me it's the game of the weekend it's going to be an awesome game because i honestly have flip-flop on my call on this game about 10 times over ultimately for me and we could talk about so many different angles of it you know the san fran pass rush and the defensive line that hadn't been performing and suddenly has got life in recent weeks the the cowboys uh front seven that we were lauding all over the place i mean randy gregory coming back lawrence obviously the wonderful Micah Parsons, um, somehow stopped turning up for a couple of games. Uh, and they could just switch it on again and absolutely terrorize Jimmy Garoppolo, shut down the run game, and we're all thinking, how could we both so silly? This is an absolute walk, cakewalk from the Cowboys. Ultimately, I keep coming back to just how bad that San Francisco secondary is on deep balls, just how many deep defensive pass interference calls we've seen. And this Cowboys offense has the playmakers, has the person ready to give them the deep ball. Basically, you want the ultimate 90s reference on this? This boils down to that scene in Home Alone. Kevin McAllister's waiting for the robbers to come to the, the, the his house, and he cocks a shotgun and looks in the camera and says, this is it, don't get scared now. As long as Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott channel their inner Kevin McAllister, and don't get scared on the play calling or going for the big plays. I think that is going to be the big difference in this game. And therefore, I have the Cowboys winning out. But in due deference to Owen and all my friends in Santa Clara and stuff like that, like I can absolutely see the 49ers winning this. But Cowboys on. Yeah, Cowboys. Cowboys. I, I was taken back during the week by how many people were favoring the, the 49ers. It was like as if the first half of that game last week never happened. I mean, we've criticized the Rams on Monday show about how, how their second half, they were non-existent and allowed the 49ers back into the game. But if the Rams had been taking care of business and, and not got complacent, that second seed would have been wrapped up and the 49ers would have been, would have been sitting at home. I can't see, I, I didn't see that. They're flying up like, is it? It's like watching the CFAX back in the day trying to get the football results coming. Airtel. Air, really? I mean, yeah, both. I mean, I had the option of both. Airtel, yeah. Wasn't it Airtel? Deco, I know yeah. Declan, who's obviously Dolphins fan, has been very critical of Dak throughout the season. He doesn't really. Uh, it's a big Jerry one for Jones. Sunday. For, just a big one for on Sunday for Dak. I mean, yeah. get over a hurdle and take the pressure up. I agree. I, I agree completely. And I really have enjoyed uh, not just 
your free previews of this game, but 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 also Jeff's analysis of this game and and hearing about communism and uh, just just everything. It's been incredible. Mark, I can't wait to meet your friends in Santa Clara, Palo Alto. Stopped off in Palo Alto once at the train station. I felt like I was in a different world completely. Levi Stadium's lovely, but the game isn't in Levi Stadium. The game is in a, a multi-purpose built stadium that's only hosted the Super Bowl once in the last ten years. And the Dallas Cowboys, the last time they won a Super Bowl. Uh, T.G. Cahar hadn't even launched, so I'm looking forward to previewing this game tonight. Uh, look, these are two of the NFL's uh, incredibly important signature franchises. Um, 10 and 7, 49ers, Cowboys 12 and 5. They uh, have had epic battles over the years, especially in the 90s. Unfortunately, I didn't have the uh, experience of that. I tried to watch a bit of it back this week, and all I can really say is Deion Sanders is an absolute and utter legend. What a man! Incredible, uh, but look, it's it's really been that like it's really been that since like you know Steve Young, Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, Michael Irvin. Let's let's get away from that right now. But look, I don't want to spend too much time in this because because we've already done that. It goes down to a number of different factors for me. Can the 49ers offense actually keep the play away from Dallas? I mean, this really boys the, the offense this week needs to do well. They have to show up in the first half, as Brian says. You need to see a combination with Mitchell and Samuel and a confident Jimmy Garoppolo from the offset here. George Kittle and Brandon Eggs role in this game is going to be key. They need to make big plays that keep this move or keep the team moving down the field. If they don't, the Cowboys will get the advantage throughout this game and it's not going to happen for them. But I think the key to this game is the Dallas offense. Is this going to be the Cowboys team that just goes in and doesn't show up on the biggest stage of them all? Because this is a huge this is probably the biggest Cowboys game in a very, very, very long time. Maybe since the Green Bay game, where maybe uh, Des Bryant caught it, he didn't catch it. it. It is because, and I know it's the... Oh. Maybe back. Just going to leave that there in case he does fall out. I'm going to put Mark on mute just in case. Thanks, Mark. Uh, what was I saying? I was saying, yeah, it's the most important game for Dallas in, in so many years. Uh, and... Part of me thinks they're going to struggle. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's going to be Ezekiel Elliott that maybe he doesn't have enough breakfast or maybe, maybe he has too much breakfast and can't feed on it for the game. Pollard's going to be crucial, as we say every week in this year, but the 49ers defense, if they're trying to get a win in this game, they need to step up. Uh, D'Amico uh, Ryans, who's DC in San Francisco, needs to put some sort of game plan together. And Nick Bosa could really, you're talking about Ezekiel Elliott, Nick, Nick Bosa could feed on this Cowboys team at, at the weekend. Uh, let's see what happens. Um, I think it'll be a tight game. Mark's computer has died. He's just let us know, uh, folks, and he'll get back on as soon as possible. Don't worry. But I don't think people are going to like this. I don't think that Dallas Cowboys fans are going to like this. Uh, I'm going with the Cowboys. I think the, I, I have been weighing this up all week because the way the 49ers came back last week in a, in, in a home game in California was... Stunning television. I think the Cowboys win in overtime in a game that we'd watch back in years to come. Uh, and I think the Cowboys will go to Lambeau Field and we'll talk about that when it happens. And Cowboys fans, I haven't jinxed you. Nobody's jinxed you. We want you to do well here, including Brian, who's picked you this week. Just it's um, We touched on Dak and how important this game is for him um, getting over the hump, but um, it's a significant one for, for Jimmy G because the end of the day, Jimmy G faces the reality that there's 
whether the quarterback is good enough or not, at some stage the 49ers will have to make that transition into Trey Lance and make him the designated starter, and maybe it will be next season. But if if the 49ers were, were to go on a run now, how could you argue he couldn't be, he wouldn't be a quarterback next year? If they lose, yeah, I think you'll find some teams will be making a phone call during the offseason to try to potentially get him out of there, knowing this is a first-round first round selection ready to step in. Whether he's ready and good enough or not is another team, but it's a big game for, for him as well. Uh, Owens then come on the night, Michael. Yeah, I, I, think he, I think he knows he's jinxed. The, I think he knows he's 40 years since the catch. And we're going back, we're going back. Uh, great to see the NFC East Elite on show on Sunday. Where did you, I genuinely hadn't read that before I clicked on it? Um, who will throw more picks, Zach or Jimmy G? They decided they will stop Zeke on the ground. Owens saying he's saying, Boo, Michael, Column has the knowledge. It was a hard decision. Uh, Robbie Gold with the game winner, Niners, the close one. Jared Mullins is saying Jimmy G will be the Broncos quarterback. <laughs> Declan is saying Zeke going in reverse at the minute. He needs to get his breakfast, Declan, doesn't he? But they go Pollard there as well. Uh, let's see what happens. Apparently his knees are shot. Um, <laughs> good man, Stephen, Owen said. So look, lads, it's good crack tonight. I think Mark will join us at some point in the next six weeks. Maybe by the time the Super Bowl starts. I hope you're doing well, Mark. Presented by Matchbook Betting Exchange. Presented by Trust Gaming. Before we look ahead at our Matchbook Bet of the Week, we're going to look at our final game here uh, before we look at Monday Night Football on Monday. It is Big Ben going up against Kansas City Chiefs Mahomes. Goodbye, my friend. Oh, you're going to still find here. Oh, gosh. It's not the end. Okay, anyway, well, you're talking about the 90s. I had to bring a bit of Spice Girls into it. I fought because it may be Big Ben's last game. I fought as my role as chief graphics producer, which is dramatically reduced this week in terms of game picks. Thank the, thank the Lord. I thought I would put Big Ben at the bottom of it. Uh, just so he's there for maybe one last time. Ariana Grande style. Talking about music puns and awful puns. Are you here, Mark? This is like the Eurovision back in the 60s. Okay, he's not here. Okay, hey, right. Crack on indeed, Colm. Uh, ben Roethlisberger has had an incredible career, and no matter what happens on Sunday, uh, it looks like it is the end of an era. I have to say, and I, I'll give my pack, I'll give my pick later on, Colm. Are you surprised by the lines, by the predictions for this game? Do you think the Steelers aren't being given enough respect, or, or what's your thoughts on this game? I have no idea what the line is on this game. That would be a much better You're massive year, but like maybe Mr. like 15, 16 Mr. O'Leary. Um, well, when you look at the last game between these two, I think that's probably what people are, are going off. But I think this will be a tougher matchup um, than perhaps people are thinking because the in the last game, TJ Watt was dealing with that groin issue. He could only play about half of the defensive um, snaps. Um, he wasn't he wasn't right, and the Chiefs have issues at at right tackle. It looks like it will be Andrew Wiley, um, and so that that will be interesting. I think they'll have to give him help in order to to stop TJ, and so we'll see what happens there. The Chiefs also um, Edwards Alaire is out. And Williams is carrying an injury. How fit is Tyreek Hill is the, the other question. So there are, I think, a, a huge number of questions around um, this for, for both teams. The issue for the Steelers is I 
they're just going to, I think, struggle to to score enough points. I, I, this is not the the Bengals who were able to take advantage of the the Chiefs. That is the the thing. Can the Steelers win it? Yeah, of course. They're they have a brilliant coach. They have wonderful experience. They have TJ. They have you know a, a couple of pick sixes and and who knows. But ultimately, I think that. Travis Kelsey um, will be hugely important in this game. The Steelers haven't faced Kelsey since 2018, and that he went off in that game. Uh, seven receptions, 109 receiving yards, and a pair of touchdowns. I think the Chiefs at home will have enough to get it done because I just don't think the Steelers will um, you know, find a way. The They were able to exploit buffalo's uh special uh teams mess up in week one i don't see the chiefs doing that so this is the chiefs winning it for me two weeks ago when the steelers played the browns on a monday night football and the steelers won and it was big ben's last game afterwards when we when we touched on the game in our next show we argued that any other team had went in there on that monday night they would have beaten that Steelers because that offense was so poor and big ben was was very poor on the night and I don't think it was much better last week. We saw toughness and we saw grit and they got through it last week against the Ravens team that we expected to move the ball because we saw enough of Huntley in the past four to five weeks when he played. This, that we expected that offense to be a bit more expansive. Didn't materialize more so maybe because of the Steelers defense. But again, that Steelers offense couldn't move the ball. The Chiefs have played five home games in a row where they haven't given up more than 10 points and they've played against much better teams than this Steelers offense. If they come and play the way they played recently at home. It's a non- it's a, the game's over by halftime, unfortunately, for the Steelers fans. And look, they've had a hell of a ride and no one thought they'd be here in the playoffs. So it's bonus time and they're playing with the, the bookies' money, as they say. And if they win, it'd be a... I, I wouldn't go as far as to say it's one of the biggest shocks in years, but you'd have to put it up there because you just can't see any way in which they win with that, with that offense and how big Ben has played recently. It's not like he's Ella Statesman or Brady and other quarterbacks that we've seen throughout the years, Payne Manning to a certain extent, where they're still playing efficiently, he's not playing well. He's he's fallen off the cliff towards toward Arts Barton. I just can't see how he can match up. The bookies line for them to score points is 16 and a half points. The bookies don't even think they'll get over 16 points in the game. That's reflective of where they are. Against the Chiefs offense, that has come back to, to a little bit of what we saw last year in certain games this season. And going into this game, you'd still expect them to put up 30-odd points. To beat these 26-10 a couple of weeks ago, and that was still, they said that was still nice on the Steelers because it was a very late score in the game. Chiefs are going to win. This is the blowout of the weekend. We're back in the 90s and I don't know why. TLC, don't go chasing waterfalls um, springs to mind and it was kind of like if you're chasing a rational thought as to how the Steelers will win this game, I mean it is like chasing a fairy tale, chasing a waterfall in that regard. It's it's not logical. Like there, there is nothing in the way the teams have played through 17 games of the regular season, to be really brutally honest with you, that would give you confidence in the Steelers' offense, dominating sufficiently to make put enough points on to win the game, even though their defense, as we know, has and can be extremely elite uh, and disruptive. The, the Chiefs have right the ship from their turnover woes early in the season. Their defense actually in locking down a short passing game is designed Really, it's a terrible matchup, to be absolutely honest with you, for the Steelers' offense in all kinds of ways. And I would love to just give a kind of, I don't know, eulogy. It almost sounds harsh in relation to it. Ben Roethlisberger has had 
should we say, personality flaws. There's been scandal about his career at different times in a personal context. But as a football player, he's served the Pittsburgh Steelers extraordinarily well. He has won two Super Bowls. He is a surefire Hall of Famer in Canton. He's had a great career. He has lasted longer than any of that fame class of 2004. Um, and I have just a bad feeling this could be like Dan Marino's final game as a Miami Dolphin. Um 63-7, I think, if I remember correctly, against Jacksonville, 62-7. Um, it could be ugly in many respects. But it's the 2021 season. We have seen some absolutely bizarre results, absolutely crazy. So wouldn't it be so 2021 to just have something so flip side, upside down in the playoffs? Um, I don't think it will happen. I think the line that Flynn just put up there, Mahomes doesn't even take snap in the fourth quarter, could well come to pass. I see it being the Chiefs all the way. Yeah, we could have our, our yearly. Let's see the Chiefs back or quarterback in the playoffs. Looking forward to that. Um, well, I want to thank Pierce from Belfast. Hi, Pierce. Thank you for the retweets and good luck this weekend. Uh, the Chiefs going up against the Steelers in an intriguing game. Uh, look, the only thing I'm going to add here is this. I, Mark, I used the Spice Girls analogy at the start. Goodbye, my friend. It's not the end. Um, let's see what happens. I was sitting in work for about 60% of this week going like this, going, could they do it? Well, I looked into it and I thought to myself, and I'll put the matches up in a second, don't worry, Ron. Uh, I, I, I looked into this year, and in the regular season, uh, the Steelers have only scored more than 27 points uh, on some occasions. They scored 27 points against the Broncos. <laughs> they scored 29 points against the Bears. They scored, um, where is it, 28 points against the Vikings and still lost on, I think it was Thursday Night Football. And they scored 26 points against the Browns. That is on a heavy, heavy reliance of running the ball and throwing the ball within maybe five to ten yards. Mac Jones' speciality, apart from some lovely here class plays two weeks ago. Really enjoyed it. Looking forward to seeing his potential this week and next year. But looking back at the Steelers, you know, this Chiefs team, and look, I, I'm picking the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs will win. But this Chiefs team, on a number of occasions this year, have found it difficult to start the game in Arrowhead, or they haven't got it together. Now, I know there's games where they have blown out teams. The Raiders game has won. Hell, the Steelers game has won a few weeks ago. But just, just do not be surprised if what Brian mentioned there, that grit, that determination from the Steelers, maybe holds it off a wee bit. Maybe for the first or second quarter, or maybe we're sitting in the third quarter and they're down by a touchdown. I'm just saying, do not be surprised if Najee Harris can run like Forrest Gump. You never know what could happen. But I think for me, uh, I think the Chiefs are going to roll on. And it's it's a pity because the Chiefs should have been playing the Raiders this week, as far as I'm concerned. And it, it is what it is. I'm only joking Raiders fans. I'm only joking NFL fans. I'm picking the Chiefs. Um, I think it... it Let's see what happens. I, I don't want to say it'll be comfortable. Because, well, I do want to say it'll be comfortable just because of our bet next. But uh, if it is Big Ben's last game, uh, we'll see you on whatever Amazon Prime Video's reenactment of the Manning cast is next year. And luck, good luck, Myth. Keep her lit. Can't wait to see Mason Rudolph next year. Uh, Chiefs for me, but I've I've got a serious feeling here. Like a really, really feeling, like a really, really bad feeling about this. And I don't know what it is. 
maybe it'll win a hundred nil the Chiefs or whatever. But I just I've got a feeling that maybe Ben Roethlisberger has one last thing up his sleeve. I don't know what it is, but I I haven't got the cojones to pick him. Well, Mark, I, saying, I, oh, sorry. Go no, on. I was just going to say, if you, if you have the feeling, go for it. I, I mean, I, th- I think, I, again, I think the Steelers could, can stick around, make it a bit more. I, I don't think it's going to be quite Mark, Mark is saying about 62-7. Um, but the Chiefs, if they, sh- if they show up, if they, do, if they do what they need to do. Um, but they are, they're missing quite a few. And playing Tyreek Hill <laughs> last week against the Broncos. I actually have to jump in here now. Declan said it's like top of the pops night. Love it. Marcus Pat Sharp in disguise. I didn't know you're top pops in the south, but different conversation. I met Pat Sharp in Ibiza three years ago, and I didn't know who he was. And he was chatting away to me, and I texted me like my dad or someone. Uh, he's apparently used to be really famous. Yeah, yes, he, yes, yes. Jesus, Michael. Yeah, and the fun mother. house. Fun house. <sighs> Move on. It's wasted him. <laughs> what, 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 we, we still have a guest tonight. Yes, come here, uh, Colin. You're right. The, the Steelers will stick around because they'll have to be there for three hours. You know, that's oh, about nice. the extent of it. Well, look, Michael. Just to wrap up quickly, I mean, like 14 teams left at the end of this weekend. There'll only be eight, and everything. Lots of teams already looking forward to the draft. Lots of teams. The season's over. They're already looking to September next year and everything. So it's the part of the season that we love and they hate, and there'll be tears and there'll be joy. Um, and there's definitely another 90 song I could probably pull out there. Uh, yeah, there we go, Pat Sharp. In relation did you to have that haircut whenever the 49ers and the Cowboys played chart in the 90s? I have no idea who that is. I have no if idea. The what Steelers that is. Win, if the Steelers win this weekend, I suggest either yourself or Mark go out and buy yourself a Pat Sharp wig and wear it on the show on Monday. I've got the hair to wear it. I'll wear it because there's absolutely I, not a chance of that happening. I always right thought here. the dodgiest yeah. thing about that was the two twins he had presenting with him. It was just, it was a very surreal show. Um, I have no idea what we're talking Mark, about. This could be it's like this. It's not the kind of stuff that would be on TV in this day and age. Well, uh, matchbook betting exchange. All right, let, let's let's just wait two seconds because if anybody clicks in this video and sees Brian laughing at the start of it, okay. Matchbook betting exchange, proud partners of the Irish NFL show, £20, 20 euro welcome offer. Use the code NS. Use the bonus code Irish NFL show. It's been a long week, boys. T's and C's all below there. 18 plus be gamble aware. Uh, we have got a bet for the week. Uh, and look, it's it's an interesting bet because it does go with some of our picks. Uh, looking at the wild card games. Uh, Brian, do you want to talk us through the bet? Yeah, well, this is a comprehensive selection across the team, or the team, the four of us. Well, maybe not Colin. Me, you, and, and America come to a general consensus of what we believe is. The right bet for the weekend. Um, Matchbook have obviously priced it up and enhanced the offer for for the customers. And uh, look, we touched on it in the show. Yeah, look, some are going for the Bengals, some are going for the Raiders, but we feel it's going to be a lot closer than the five and a half points reflects on the line. So that was Mark's selection. You, um, yeah, we're all we all think we're in for a great game Sunday night. We've called out the fact that we think it's the game of the weekend and over 15 and a half points. If both offenses have played to the to the levels they can, we we think it'll go over and. Despite the concern around whether you think the Chiefs will, or sorry, whether the Steelers will find a way to win or not, I don't believe so. And I don't think the majority of, of the guys here think that either. I think the Chiefs will, will win comfortably and certainly cover that 12 and a half. So it's a bit of a bit of everything in there for the bet, but it's a great interest for the weekend. I mean, if, the, if you get past Saturday night, you've got the game on Sunday, half nine, leading into a 
a 1.20 a.m. game on Sunday night going into Monday morning. 7.2 odds on the exchange. That's just over 6-1. to one. And, Mark, it's it's an intriguing bet. Oh, no, it is. And like I say, Brian called out, I mean, my part of it is the Raiders bit. I just think it's overpriced. I think it could be a field goal in it, especially in Raiders' recent form. So you'll take the five and a half points and enjoy that. Um, and definitely agree with the other two legs of it all. So, hey, it's it's our combined travel. Nice of matchbook to enhance the odds at, for us in relation to it and for all our people wishing to put that bet on. And if you disagree with us, well, you know, bet against us and, and enjoy on the betting exchange there. Yeah, and a massive thanks to our partners at Matchbook Betting Exchange, uh, partners of the Irish NFL show every week. Really appreciate the support from the exchange. And you can use £20, 20 euro welcome offer, money back as cash if your first bet loses. The bonus code is Irish NFL show. All the T's and C's are below. Uh, and please be gamble aware. Uh, T's and C's apply. And a many, many thanks to Matchbook for their continued support of the Irish NFL show. And here is all the details of the bet. You need to get it in, folks, just before the game starts on Saturday for it to count. Okay. Might bring Colin back in. Could have swore I heard a, a beer bottle there, boy, somewhere. A wee click, clickety clank. Hi, hi, Colin. You're all blurry on my side. Can you hear us okay? Yeah, hear you okay. loud and clear. Well, that's it. Uh, it has been a fun house tonight, and uh, that's us for now, I guess. Uh, but I don't know what that is, and I want to thank everyone for watching this. We have nearly 4,000 people that have watched this live tonight. For people in the chat, really appreciate it, folks. Uh, Flinner, just to finish off here, is saying, the last Steelers match before the Russell Wilson era begins. <laughs> Ooh. Everybody's going to be linked to him over the next few months. Everybody's dreaming. The Saints will be saying the exact same thing as with many other teams. Once again, thanks to everyone who has watched this evening. And we look forward to seeing you uh, live on Monday night. For your Monday night Cardinals Rams. Enjoy Super Wild Card Week. Good night, folks. God bless.